Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. It was October of 2003. I had been out here maybe six months, seven months. I had moved out from New York on a whim, came out on vacation to visit my brother and stayed. Uh, I interviewed with Sheila Jaffe for a casting job out here. And uh, we started working on this movie called So Plain, where I met Kevin Hart and he and I became fast friends. After Soul Plane was over, Sheila and I started working on a project called Entourage, and at the same time we were doing Entourage, Gary Gray's Be Cool started up. And we were casting. Which was the sequel to Get Shorty. Which was the sequel to Get Shorty. So we were casting and looking for the role of the detective, and we had gone the gamut on character ideas and what have you. And at some point, Gary was like, I think I really want a black comedian. And so um, Sheila was like, Vanessa, that's your job. I mean, being like... You know the blacks. You know that community. So I could call Kevin to say, I've been to this comedy show once back in like October. I think it's called Chocolate Sundays. Can you get me in? this fine ass dude there. I don't know if I said that, but I I did not say it at that moment. So funny, so charming. When I was there the previous month in October, I was kind of at the end of this I don't even know what to call it, but it wasn't a relationship. It was like a rebound in a, with somebody, somebody that saying. like you know you shouldn't be with, but you were just because they were there kind of thing. And I was desperate for the night to end, and they insisted on going to Chocolate Sundays. And I was like, just slip my wrist now. Like, how fast he, he might might end? Oh, whatever. He, he knows. It's not a secret. He knows. So we were there. And at the end of the show, is like, thank God, I'm at valet, literally like at valet, and he decides to come talk to this one. And I come back in, and he's standing there, they're talking, and I guess he said, like, I'm with her or whatever, and he looked over, I looked at him, and I, was, I did notice, I was like, handsome guy, cute, funny. But that was it, I was like, I wanna get home already. Like, I was already out of my house four hours longer than I wanted to be, and with this particular person, weeks longer than I wanted to be. So when I called Kevin about Chocolate Sundays, my motive was not to meet him, although I know that I'm sure he thinks it was. It was really to do my job. It just so happens that we started talking. I don't know if it was that night though. Immediately. So when you saw me, you were like, who is that? Even when you, the reason she was trying to get rid of her date because she was trying to figure out how do I get back here without him? You know what, now now the years have have gone and we've told the story 500 times, that's that's pretty good. Although really what we always fight about is how we actually ended up talking because I had come back to the show. Several times. Like two or three times after the, not the initial date, (laughs) not the initial time, not the October date. But you looking for talent. But I was looking for talent. So I had gone like three weeks in a row to see who I could suss out and Kevin was there one night, and this was back in the day of like Sky Tell 2A pagers, and Kevin and I were paging back and forth, and 
I don't know if he beamed me a message or he beamed Kevin a message or the both of us a message, but all of a sudden there was this message that said, why are you talking to my girl? And I was like, who's talking, like who's in the conversation all of a sudden? And looked oh, up and what it happened was, no. So, and then after that we fell in love over old fashioned Jewish chicken soup at Greenblatt's. That was it. Greenblatt's is a little deli next to the Laugh Factory. What happened was Kevin, I, Kevin was in the balcony and she was downstairs, and I saw her giggling, and him beeping, and him typing, and her giggling. So I hit Kevin, I said, yo, stop talking to my girl. He said, what are you talking about? Me and Sizzle, which is her nickname, we've been friends forever, that's my girl. I said, no, but I'm on stage. <laughs> Literally, after that show, we went to Greenblatt's next door on Sunset, and we but it was stayed like, there not just talking us. It for, a it was like a couple, it was, like, it was Kevin, uh, my girlfriend, Agina, I think my girlfriend Ruby was with us. It was Chris, Daryl Heath, I think was there. Yeah. Um, a couple of comedians. A couple we other comedians. We went there and started talking. We started talking. Um, and everybody wanted to leave, and we she didn't. No, that's not true. We exchanged numbers, and I lived not Coffee. too far. I lived Way off of Highland in in Hollywood, Franklin. Highland and Franklin over yeah. there, and right near the Hollywood Bowl. And by the time I had pulled into my parking lot and was walking up the steps to my apartment. I had got, my phone rang and he was like, I just wanted to make sure you got home. And I was like, oh. Literally she knew okay. I was right up front stalking. All right, watch it. You okay? <laughs> and he called me the next day, I think we made plans. In true like production fashion, there's never a, a hard out on what, it's not a nine to five kind of gig. It's not even like a nine to seven kind of gig. And so we had made dinner plans, but at some point I was like, Dinner's not really gonna work out today. I'm still at the office. We ended up meeting around like 9, 30, 10 to go grab coffee. And we were went to Starbucks. Can we say Starbucks? Coffee bean. Okay, we went to, <laughs> no, we went to Starbucks, right on the corner of like Franklin oh, and right, right, Highland right. over there, right near my apartment. And then we drove all of Mulholland. And I think at some point as we started to talk and his mom worked in the, for the airline. My mom worked for the airline. His dad or his Step stepdad up. is an attorney, and my dad is an attorney. He's an older brother. Two years apart. I have an older brother who's two years apart, and it just seemed like we had all these things in common. Even though there's nine years between us, there were so many similarities in terms of like our frame of reference, music and, and shows and this and that. So I looked over at one point and I was like, I think I'm gonna love this guy. Like, I think I'm really gonna love this guy. And then that was it. On that no, first but then, night. Like, so, not at the first night of Chicken Soup, like we right. met, but on what was our pseudo first date. I was like, yeah, I think I'm really going to, to love this guy. It was just a, a We didn't touch each other, because I was kind of halfway, almost still in something. And she told me she couldn't do this anymore because I was still in this situation. How did we get nine months down the road? What do you mean? I was this nine months down the road already? I'm still talking about the first date and you're talking nine months down the road. I'm speeding it up so I won't look like a bastard that was cheating. Everybody, I mean. No, they don't know. So, <laughs> whatever, nine months down the road. No, we, what we, really did it was, you, you messed that whole story up. Go ahead. I was now trying you to have help, to re-edit this I was trying to help and your like version. cut that out and Is re-edit it. it. No, you don't have to help my version. I was with no one, so you don't have to help me. I no, didn't your know version about, is. I didn't know about that halfway in, halfway out to like two weeks later. Okay. So that night when we were done with our pseudo first date, dropped me off and 
I guess he got out of the car and I was like, oh my, in my mind, I'm like, why are you getting out of the car? <laughs> what do you think is gonna I was happen? trying to hit. And he was, I guess he was expecting a kiss or what have you. And I was like, okay, like, nice to thank you for a lovely evening. And and that was it. And he was like, <laughs> no one never not kisses me. Who does she think she is? <laughs> that was it. And, and call me next day. Are so you okay? You have a cavity or something wrong with your <laughs> breath? Like, why would you not kiss me? <laughs> Did I have a, was I chapped? Like, she's like, what? I don't kiss on the first date. I kind of really wasn't a first date per se, but. It was like three weeks in. He called me and was like, uh, where are you? I was like, I'm at work. Why? And he was like, are you by yourself? And I was like, uh, yeah, and he was like, oh. I need you to meet my I, wife. I wanted, no, to, to, I, I wanted to talk to you about something. And I was like, uh, let me stop you there. If you are coming to tell me you're married, you're engaged or whatever, don't bother. Don't worry about it. Like, let's just high five and part ways. I'm good. Ironically, the one that I was uh, on the uh, yeah, yeah, before. No, no, necessarily. <laughs> you don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah, so I was like, uh, don't worry about it. And, um, yeah, so he showed up. He was like, no, it's not. Then he showed up at the office and then proceeded to say like he was on again, off again, on again, off again. And I was like, well, where are you now? And he was like, we're off. So I was like, okay, well, if you're off and there's nothing really to speak of, then at the moment you feel like maybe this isn't it and you wanna go back to that, just let me know. And it's all good, like I'm out. I wasn't used to that. I was like, who the hell you think you're talking to? I can have both of y'all. <laughs> from us going from first date to relationship, I made one of those things that will you go with me? And she picked yes. No, I... No? That's not what happened? No, not what happened. There were, yeah. Uh, I would say it's probably like... A year? Mm. Six. Five or six months. Six months, like six, seven Well, we were saying I love you and stuff like that? Um, I think it was a, a, It was definitely like... A weekend. No, it wasn't. Who said I love you first? I did. And it, it was actually when we, I, we were breaking up. We broke up before we got back together. It was about March or April when, um, when I felt like he was a little more caught in between something. And I was like, I, I'm feeling like you're caught between two places. And I was like, I really don't want to do this. I've been here before and I just don't. And I was like, I know that I love you. Like I already feel like I love you and I feel like this could be something. I just can't go back here. I just can't be in this place. I'm not willing to sacrifice myself for somebody to turn around and decide what they're going to do with my life. And I was like, I love you, but I gotta let you go. And I'm in hysterics. like crying hysterically. He had come over after one of his shows. And I was like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to call, like, nothing. And we did that for about two months. And then I, I was like, I've been talking or anything for two months. And then, again, I was working on a project. And I sacrificed myself, throw myself on the sword for the sake of my work. I was working with Francine Mazer on uh, Meet, the, Meet the Fockers. And we were, again, looking for a cop. Somehow, blacks can only be cops, go figure, right? And they wanted a comedian. And so I called in a bunch, and I was like, oh, I should call him in. My key friends are missing out on a job, blah, blah, blah. And he was at the Kentucky Derby. So I called him in, and 
content that's really random and whatever. It's like, but I'll send you the script and come in when you get back. Great. But this is business. And so... You didn't say, but this is business. I didn't, no. And, um... You wouldn't, need, you wouldn't need to say that because it's not like you're saying, hey, come get this after you get back from the Derby. You just, you just told me it was, you told me the business and it was business. I would okay. love to. I was like, okay. And then I got in the car and we were talking on the way back. We were talking about a friend of mine. And he asked, is she still dating so-and-so? And then I was like, yeah, but you know her in bad decisions. And well, I guess I shouldn't be talking because right now I'm here with you and I don't know where you stand. I was like, I would like to assume that you called me and asked me to come out because you're no longer caught. And he was like, yes. I held up my hands and the shackles were broken. Like, yes, I'm no longer there. And we're still oh, no. together. You know what? You know what happened? That was uh -oh. I skipped I skipped the most important. The most important. The most important was that happened after we weren't talking. I brought Isn't him in for that like that meet the flockers thing. And I left to go to my my friend's bridal shower in, in New York. And I raced back because it was the premiere of Soul Plane, and I wasn't going to miss that. It was like an all-in-the-family thing. My best friend had directed it. I co-cast with his brother and Sheila, and like it was an all-in-the-family thing. I wasn't missing it. And I was looking at it like my night with my family. And this dude is like, you're going? I was like, yeah, I'm going. You're going? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, okay to get to the premiere and I see this dude with and I went wow I, I was I was livid I was livid I was like yes whatever whatever and he just like he came up to talk to me I was like how could you possibly bring her to this he was like what do you mean I was like this is my night like we had this whole Sorry. thing like this is my night why are you here with her why would you think he's like I didn't know you were gonna be here like why would you think I would not be here this is like my family. Uh, I don't know all that my family stuff. All I know is my friend Kevin was in a movie inviting me to a premiere. Right. And this and was my date. Right. But when I got there, I was like, so I'm not good with dates. She's good with the dates. I just know that uh, there came a point where I was like, I'm supposed to be with her. And my favorite movie is The Godfather. And I remember when Michael Corleone killed McCluskey. And he had to go move to Italy, and he sees the girl Apollonia, and they, and he's like this. And then the guy said he's he's been hit by a lightning bolt, or he's been thunderstruck, or some word he used. And that's how I felt at the Soul Plane party when I saw her. I was like, it was weird because I was a guy going after this is over. I'm I'm about to play the field. There's so many women who need me and want me. And then when I saw her, it was like, that's her. And I tried to go, no, not yet, not yet, but. It was inevitable. I was like, wow, that's, that's what I'm supposed to be with. Everybody else had to sit on the bench. Yeah, I think too what, what did it was um, there was such a, a genuine friendship. Yeah. There was a, a true attraction, but there was a genuine friendship and, and respect for the other. Like, almost that was immediately them. it felt like... Respect was back. <laughs> right. <laughs> you lose respect, but then you get it back. Yeah. It's 
Like, we're back to respecting like, each other. Uh, like we were, like she's we so been funny. together from like another time. Right. Like it was so easy. Like almost immediately we were doing things for one another that you probably would have done for like an older couple. Like, oh, going to the supermarket or like cleaning a, cleaning a bathroom or. Uh, she would take notes know, at like, my comedy shows and, and, and you know what? Yeah. And I remember the joke. It was, I, I did something about, uh, what was the movie with Jesus that Mel oh, Gibson yeah, did? Passion of the Christ. I still have the notes. She had three pages of notes. I'm like, who are you? You know what the hell you're talking That's pretty good. Oh, I could do it like that. And so she would do that. And I remember I hated her shoes. I'm a shoe guy. And she had a pair of shoes that had a little crinkle in the, at the t I don't know if they were too big, but the tip was no, crinkled. they had gotten wet. They were my favorite. Like, they were my the first favorite pair of expensive shoes. The fact that she was still wearing them was killing me. Shoes. Why are you still she wearing them? them out. You guys are old enough to remember Witchy Poo from Croft Superstars, <laughs> but she had a crooked nose, and that's how the tip of her toe, the tip of the shoe was, and it was crooked, and I couldn't stand it. And I threw them away. I threw them away one day. Yeah, I was like, I, those are like my favorite pair of crumbs. And, and they got wet because I got stuck in the rain racing from the farm where my office was in Santa Monica to my car and like the way end of the parking lot. And it was like, I just wouldn't let them go. That was. You know, in the hood, when you go in the hood, you can see some sneakers dangling. On Mulholland right now, there's two high heels dangling on some wire. <laughs> I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. So like we were doing things like that for one another, yeah. and it just seemed easy and, and natural, and, we're finishing and it was sentences fun. And like we would all the cliche stuff you could think of. Yeah, basically. Hi, it's me, Cody Elaine Oliver, wife, mama, and co-creator of Black Love. I know y'all are loving this conversation, but I wanted to let you know about something our friends over at Shea Moisture Men are doing for Black Fathers, and it has me all up in my feelings. I'm gonna go collect myself while they give you some of the sweet details. Shea Moisture Men is committed to celebrating dads daily. As a part of lifting their voices, we created a father's lullaby called Light Inside of You. This lullaby is for us, by us. It is our way of creating our own generational tradition to be passed down father to father. We want to share the voice of love, tenderness, and joy and hope that black dads already share with their babies and with the entire world. Let's normalize and celebrate black love in the form of a father's lullaby, our story, our song. The world needs to see and hear the love of black fathers. Go to shamoisture.com slash men or share moisture men on IG and listen to a father's lullaby and then challenge a black dad to share his story, his song, by singing the lullaby to his babies and posting it by using the hashtag a father's lullaby. Did y'all get that? Shea Moisture Men is over here being all about black love. So dads, I need you to go over to Shea Moisture Men on IG and that's S-H-E-A-M-O-I-S-T-U-R-E Men. Shea Moisture Men on IG and record your lullaby. And for all the mamas listening, get the fathers in your life in on this beautiful expression of black love. It's so funny, I, I, not that I'm sensitive, I didn't get right. Like we decided to have a baby. Like even though we weren't married, we were pretty clear at the time. Like you got the kind I didn't of hair get I want my kids to have. <laughs> like I didn't want to get married. He didn't think he wanted to get married. We just knew we wanted to be together and right. we could see being together in like a solid partnership. And to me, that was more important. Mm -hmm. I didn't want the complications of if shit goes bad, we gotta go through this icky situation. Mm -hmm. And so we had to decide to have a baby 
we got pregnant fast. Like, I don't think either one of us ever thought it was going to happen that quickly. We're your Latinas. So. Um, yeah, I guess that, that gene. And then yeah, one day we looked at each other. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. We looked at each other and we're like... Somebody was at, like, we were introducing each other to, to somebody and it was like, my... my this is Chris, and it was like, do I say my husband? No, nah, I definitely wasn't using my baby daddy, yeah. and he was like, I'm Wifey not using sounded my- too hip hop to me, you know what I mean? And it was like, I think we both looked at each other and we're like, I don't want to be baby daddy. And yeah. she's like, I don't want to be baby mommy. Yeah, like, so then she proposed. Yeah. No, she didn't propose. I proposed. He proposed. And it was, it was very, it was cute. It was very special the way he proposed. Funny. Tell I, him. I. I thought he like was like make sure Friday at this time from this time you're out of the house, and I needed a new car and I was I all my whole life the only thing I ever wanted was a Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> they were running like all these deals and specials on a Volkswagen Jetta, and he's like, you're like 30, you want a Volkswagen? Jetta? I was <laughs> like, I do. I've always wanted a Volkswagen Jetta. He was like, That's okay. So when he's telling me that I had to be out of the house at this time, I'm like, oh my god. Maybe he got me the car. No, it's gonna be delivered. No, no, no. And then See, the next day, he wakes me up super early in the morning. He's like, "Go, I've run out. I'm running a bath for you. Go get in the bath. I've set up music. He set up music and like blaring in our little bathroom. <laughs> I'm in the tub and I'm like diamonds are forever. Like two minutes Kinda. later, he's like, "Get out, get out. There's something in the backyard. I need you to get out." Dead like, squirrel. I what? said. I was like, "What? I'm soaking wet. I got to get out." I have literally nothing but a robe on. He pushes me out the back door. I'm going to tell the rest of the story. Damn it. This is my story. I I orchestrated this. So she's in the tub. And I said, you got to get out. There's a dead squirrel out there. She's like, what? I don't want to see it. I said, just come out and see it. She puts on a robe. She comes out. And we had a big playground in the backyard. And the guy who was playing the music was a friend of mine. And he was perched up at the top. His little deck, little whatever you call it. Captain's like Captain's, a pirate's you know, pi- the, 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 the playground looked like a pirate's kind of a ship. So he's at the top and um, he's playing music, Diamonds Are Forever. And she's walking out like, what the hell's going on? And all of our friends pop out and go, surprise, because it's also... My, it was my birthday. Her birthday. Oh my God, this is great. But my wife is weird. She's not like, oh! she's no, like, what I the was, hell? Hold on. I was wet and naked. My hair not done. My mate, like not a stitch of makeup. I looked crazy needs, because... She don't need makeup. I was, I had a itty bitty baby. I had a baby who was like six months old. I was sleep deprived, and everybody's then screaming at me at like nine o'clock. Surprise! surprise. So I'm boom! Like, I got another surprise. surprise for you. Her parents, who were living in New York, came from around the corner. Hi, baby! And she's still like, "Mom, Dad, what are you doing here?" I'm like, "This is I'm creating some magic here. Just, I need you to be a little bit more excited." Okay, thanks. And she's like, "Oh my God!" They hug and kiss. Like I got one more surprise, and then I hand her our our son. And it says on his shirt, will you marry my daddy? Yeah, and she's like, what is this? No, he's like, here, take the baby. And I'm like, take the baby. And then he's like, like the baby is like here, belly level here. <laughs> I'm like, why is he under? He's like, look at his shirt. I was like, ah. So okay. then I drop on one knee and I propose and I'm crying. She's like, hey, whatever you want to do. But listen, I'm going to go change and put this makeup on and then we can I, have a party. I didn't even change. I couldn't change. Everybody was here. I, but I'm crying and it's just so nonchalant. She's like, I, I figured it would be today you do this. Listen, I'm going to go in here. Uh, anybody want coffee? I'm the sensitive one in the family. There was part of me that was like, oh, I got engaged in cinema by Jetta. Okay. But then I buy yeah. you a Benz. And then I got an R. Yes, because we had 
two. <laughs> we had one and another one on the way. We yeah. were very fast. Quick. Very fast, very quick. And we do everything in six month windows, by the way, mm -hmm. because we got engaged. And then six months later, I was like, I'm what? They were like, you're pregnant. I was like, I'm planning a wedding. I can't be pregnant. I ordered my dress. <laughs> so we got married in five, in six weeks. <laughs> in six weeks, six weeks later, I sent out an email like the day after. Or he was so excited. He was like, oh my God, we're having a baby. He's like, she was uh, hot. do not tell a soul. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, what do you mean you don't know what you're going to do? I was like, I, this hasn't processed yet. Don't tell anybody. By like day five, I went. It was on MySpace. We've got to send out an email. I was like, I have to send out an email. We're getting married in five weeks. Like, and that's how it happened. Six, like six weeks from the day I found out I was pregnant, we were saying. Just out of order. You got to fix that. Because I already proposed. No, he did. He had proposed. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You're later, right. Yes. I found out I was The wedding was going to be next I, year. And then right. found out she was pregnant. And we sped it up. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I could that. She's good with dates. Yeah. Except the first date when she didn't kiss me. He knew my brother and all my pseudo family, but no, ironically, we lived, this is kind of bizarre, but we lived in this little bubble of, of us. No, I didn't really meet his mom or his sister or anybody until we were pregnant. <laughs> I didn't meet your parents until. I didn't meet my parents uh, until. We were already like, yeah. he met my mom once in a super like random environment, but that was it. It wasn't until later on then in a much more formal setting that, that he met my family. Were they all cool about that? No. My dad No, tell me what your brother, her, her oh, brother. Because. They, so the, they tell the brother that she's dating a guy named Chris Spencer. And he's like, oh. And they're like, why? You know, he, he's, he's like, he's a little, a little loose with the hands. My brother loves to joke. Right. Cut to her mom meeting me and being kind of cold to me. Like, totally shitty. Right. Not even cold, totally shitty. I was trying to keep this PG. Sorry. Met the mom and she was cold to me. And it wasn't until like a year later. Years, not even years, like a year. We're at years breakfast later. with kids. <laughs> And years the later. brother was, you know, there's, and then the mom is re reiterating the story about, you know, Chris being loose with the hands. Like we were talking and like uh, about like, how they, my, my, somehow it came up. Do you remember the first time that you met Chris? And my parents had thrown my brother like a surprise 30th birthday and made a little snafu on that end with his then girlfriend. And uh, I, I was defending the girl by saying, no, I tried to tell them they should tell her, blah, blah, blah. And that's why we got into a fight that on the way home. And when you met Chris, you were shitty towards Chris. And my mom was like, that's not the reason why. And I was like, well, why were you? <laughs> she goes on to say, I didn't really like Chris when I first met him because your brother had told me something. And I was like, well, what'd he tell you? They knew each other, but it's not like they were friends. And Adam was like, Ma, what did I tell you? And she was like, you told me that Chris was loose with his hands. And my brother was like, Ma, I never said anything like that. And she's like, Adam, you told me. I swear to God you told me. He's like, Ma, I would have never, why would I have said that? And she's going on and they're getting, almost getting into it, like upset, like She's about argument. to get loose with her hands. She's, she was about to get loose with her hands, right? And my brother said, Oh, she said something that like triggered, triggered it. And he was like, oh my God. I never told you I was kidding. And he was like, 
<clears throat> goes, no, you never tell me. You were kidding? She's like, why would you even say anything like that? He's like, I don't know, Ma, you know me. I like to joke. And my brother and I do. We have a very dark, dark. sense of humor, like very dark sense of humor. Um, nothing is off limits. And so he said it. Something happened. He got distracted. They actually probably got into some other argument and moved on. So <laughs> my mother is thinking that I am dating this Mike Tyson type of dude. And then in, had a baby, had two babies. And like, this has always been beneath the surface. We busted out laughing. Like we could not stop laughing because it couldn't be any further from the truth as to who this dude is. I want to share a story that I think I've told you once. It's just kind of, <laughs> I got a little nervous. It's just kind of, and it deals with race, and it kind of, uh, it's kind of selfish and, and dumb, but it was just who I was. So I'm dating her, I'm falling in love, and I'm like, I can't marry her. I got to break up with her because she's not black, right? I kept thinking that she's not black. So I got to figure out a way to make this thing start to dissipate. So one night we're, we're eating and talking, and she's looking through a magazine, and there's a picture of an old black man with a cognac and a cognac ad. And she goes, oh, this looks just like my grandfather. I was like, what? She goes, that's my grandfather. I said, your grandfather's black? She goes, yeah. I was like, okay, well, with this ring. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was my end. It was like, all of a sudden, oops, I hit the camera. I said, oh, so now it's okay. Because I, so, I was so worried about, you know, because you have this vision of who your wife is and, who, and who you, what your family looks like. And, and once she said that, it made me go, oh, and that's why you act like that, and that's why you look like that. So, uh, did but I ever it, tell you that? No, but it, I mean, that's okay. I'm not offended because I would see pictures of like white girls, that he, and I felt some sort of like, oh, you dated a white girl? In the meantime, like in my childhood, I only had white boys to date until <laughs> I got to like eighth grade, seventh grade, and I was like, oh, there, there are, they, here we are. We're, they're more, they're us. They're let's, more let's of get, us. Let's get the record straight. Um, I didn't date white girls. And the men out there know the rest of the sentence. Whatever. I still felt some sort of way. Right. Whether I knew he dated them or I knew they were in town visiting for a minute, it made me feel some sort of way. Right. It did. I'm not even going to lie. So I'm not at all offended by your story. Okay, good. Did you go figure. Ever um, About no, because yeah. her family's so mixed. I mean, they're Cuban, they're Puerto Rican, they're from the. No, Virgin only my Islands. dad's mom. Only my only my dad's mom cared, but she's Cuban, so you, right. it's to be expected. Um, I've always been an international playboy, so yeah. my, my family has seen Sri Lankans and Indians and Latinos and Filipinos and all kind of things come through. Yeah. Actually, no, I don't know if they've ever met my parents, but they knew that, you know, I, I was, I, I wasn't always just one race that I dated. And my dad's mom was more like every Jamaican stereotype she'd ever heard of. She thought, oh, he's Jamaican. <laughs> like, why, why? I was like, I don't know why. That's just what he is. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. But there, I don't think there was any shell shock in my dad's side of the family. I, one of my first boyfriends was, was black and, and my grandmother already cornered me at my, my cousin's communion. Um, and he's black. And he's like, uh, yeah, all six, four of them. Yeah. And he's like, like, I don't know what to tell you, but. Yeah, you gotta tell everybody he was six, four. Well, no, I'm just like, because so of course, like I'm in eighth grade and he's like this basketball player on the it's team. Even, and it even, was like. It's even grosser. Why grosser? There's no, there's nothing gross about it. The I was in eighth grade. Fellas. What was I doing in eighth yeah. grade? Yeah, what were you doing in eighth grade? Not what you're insinuating. Oh, okay, I'm just saying no, six not four. even, not what you're insinuating. Okay, good. Not true. Like, I would never comb my son's hair.
to like my forensic backlist. Ever. Ever. That's funny. Ever. You did brush his hair though. That's where the joke came from. No, I didn't. I knew not to brush his Time hair out. going That's where the joke back. Because from... as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, that was a that was a funny joke with Keith and I in eighth grade when we were dating. Six four, uh, <laughs> nigga, she bringing up again. <laughs> Who's still my best friend till this day? Who my kids call Uncle Keith? Who hangs out with my husband? We don't hang out. No, he's a great guy. Who's best friends with my brother? I mean, it's like a like I said, pseudo family, right? Like you born into your family, but you pick your friends who then become the family you may have really wanted, always wanted. So one day I was. Brushing. Listen. I went to brush Keaton and he was like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? You don't go from front to back with us. We go back to front and I was like, got you. And it like was ingrained in me to never, <laughs> to never do it. No, again. but it wasn't, whether it was front to, the, the, the joke of course, because his hair is front to back, but she just, he just had a little curly afro and she was brushing it and it was thick. And I was like, no, you don't brush his hair. She's like, why? I said, because I don't want my son looking like Frederick Douglass every morning going to school. And so that's where the joke came from. So of course, there's things that happen and then I embellish it. Right. And then she's like, that's not what happened. I go, yeah, but look at the audience. <laughs> so it doesn't bother me. I think um, it's all in stride. There was a pattern. There was a, there was a time where I knew I had to start changing my material because it was, we were going through something and everything was wife, wife this, we don't do this, we don't do this. And it got so bad that when she came out to see me, I had no material. So I would have, I have to revert to going, do an old material in front of her because my entire act was, she goes, why are you doing all that old shit? I'm like, the new stuff's not ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it was, and I've it, never seen that that bit that I wasn't allowed to see. Yeah, you saw some of it. I, 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 I toned it down. But usually as a comedian, you go dark, and then you start to clean but it up. I like dark humor, so No, I but it was about it. you, so you wouldn't have liked it. I probably would have. I probably would have. Yeah, it, it probably would have made me laugh more than the, than the old stuff that I had already been laughing at for 10 years, for sure. That's like a, a lot of sexual stuff. And a lot of times the places we were gonna be, you know, sometimes, you know, we, she puts on events for the school. So I didn't want to be talking about, you know, a, a lack of... What sexual stuff would you be talking about anyway? See? <laughs> like, that's the stuff that would bother me. Look at the face. And for sure, even like in our in a therapy session, I would have said that too. To wait, wait, what? You go closer. Why'd you back up? Because I'm like, wait a second. Why are you putting everything out there? Because I'm a comedian. Yeah, yeah like come I feel back. like certain things. Come back. Come back. <laughs> I feel like certain things are are okay, and then there are other things that are just like and off limits. And that's why she didn't see it. If I've heard it, I'll say that because I didn't know that it would have even been something that he would have thought to put out there. Um, and then I go, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. But I will tone things down, and, if, and if, I mean, I'm never doing anything too offensive that's going to make her embarrassed. But it's different rooms, so sometimes you go to little coffee houses and smaller rooms, and that's where you get to vent and you hone your material. And then you know, you do bigger shows. Some of the stuff wasn't fixed yet, so I couldn't actually do it yet. So a lot of times I would revert to some of the older material, and she'd be like, "Why are you still doing that joke?" I said, "Because the other was not ready." Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to send some some soldiers, some foot soldiers yeah. out. You know, I, I'm sensitive about the kids, only because I don't want them. Yeah, to that's another find thing. Out. Like, that's the other like, thing. I like, want to let them know that they're, you know, I can't be talking bad about their mom because one day they'll see this material, yeah. like, and now they even, might see it now because you know, with Google and YouTube and yeah. everybody. Even when he makes puts them in a joke and pins them sort of against the other one's the athlete, one's the nerd, and it's like, mm, not really what I want, and because my little one 
she's very quick to, to pick up on something and then she's going to use that as, yeah. as fire against him. So mm -hmm. he, he's had to roll it back a little bit. But um, no, usually I'm pretty game for anything. As long as tuition gets paid, I'm really okay. Like we could live in a box, but as long as tuition is paid, I'm really okay. Like what he, what, what's on the table for him to joke about. What do you think of the seven year itch? Is that a thing? It was real. Ours was actually eight. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't, even that's not so much the truth. Seven years, it was like, we were all Five, mob. six, we seven, wanted, eight. We wanted to actually do like a uh, a thing for seven years. We were like, what's everybody talking about the seven year itch? We're gonna you know, turn that notion around and, and do a party for seven years, right? Who cares about 10? Somehow that didn't happen. I think we, we ended up remodeling our We were house fighting. No, we weren't <laughs> fighting. And Hard then, to party when you don't like each other. <laughs> no, it wasn't really a seven year itch, but there was just. We, we, there know. was no seven year itch at all. There was an eight year, like everything was cool. We were cruising along, some hick, and, like some arguments and some fights, but not like anything that we were ready to throw in the towel until one particular incident. Somehow that was the, I don't know, it was like a suicide bomber walked into the room and, and detonated himself. And that was it. We were like, okay, well, I'm going to call Bob and you call Bob and we'll figure out. I don't know Bob. Okay, so Bob's our, sorry, Bob is our, our business manager and he's like, I'm, I've spoken to Bob and, you know, I think that maybe we should take a break. <laughs> and I was like, what? Where did this come from? We were arguing over somebody getting a job and now like, and not one of us, but like a, an outside person getting a job and here we are now like, what? Really? And that it was, was it. And that was it. Like a couple, two days and thank God for like our best friend, David Arnold, who we always joke about. I always joke like I should probably be married to David. You should probably be married to Julie because Julie and Chris are very simpatico in terms of like, personalities and calm and peaceful. They would kill each other. Though. And David and I are like as Fire. dark as can possibly be. So I'm calling David, he's calling David, Julie's calling me and I'm like, Jules, I love you, but I gotta talk to David. <laughs> like I just have to get some shit off my chest and David's gonna get it and not be offended. And and we came through to the other side. Well, what happened to me was I went and met David late at night and oh, I'm hysterical oh. all day, but I had to put yeah. on a good face. By the way, this is As somebody, an interview for a board, this is like somebody who a board, on a board, like a board position, I had to take the kids to camp, pick them up for camp, all with like a, a happy face. And, this, and in the meantime, like, and this is somebody, This is somebody who doesn't cry. Ever. Remember I told you I, I, I proposed to her. She was like, good job. So <laughs> I went to go meet David at night and I had to park my car. And I remember it was like 11 o'clock. And I remember hitting the alarm for the car, and I was walking to go like wing stop, and I was like, this is what single dudes do. That alarm, this quietness, going to wing stop, this is what people, I don't want to be single. And I came home and I told her, you have one more chance. Mm -hmm. No, I came home, I said like. came home, he said nothing. And I heard her he whimpering. said nothing, I was, like, I was crying. She like, never cries. Crying, still crying. If an anvil fell on her head like a Bugs Bunny, <laughs> she'd be like. Don't cry, don't cry. I was still crying. He cried even harder when he got home. I was like, could you I stop? Figured, I'm trying would, to sleep. I figured he would stop. Like, I would stop when he got home, like, toughen up. But I was crying even harder when he got home. And then she uh, goes, and then I you had, want me to go in the other room? And yeah, I was like, he was oh, like no, I'll go in the other room. I was like, no, it's okay. You're too big to get in her bed. I'll, I'll, I'll go. And he was like, no, it's fine. I, I, it's okay. You can stay. 
I was like, okay. And then I had taken, I always had this book next to my bed out of Pablo Neruda poems, like love poems. And I'd found one in there called The Laugh. And I bookmarked the page and left it on his pillow and, and left it for him for when he got home to find. And I think he looked at it. I don't know that he read it that night, but I think he looked at it and maybe he had already made his decision. But, you know, the next morning he was like, how did we get here? How are we here? What were we thinking? You know, it just felt like in that moment, this was the way that I could take back. You know, she's been so I, tough about it. Like I said, we need to talk. And then finally she's like, so what you got to say? No, he was like, it wasn't, I never speak like that. No, I was, he, for days he was <laughs> saying like, we gotta talk, we gotta food. talk. And days had passed and he hadn't said anything. So one day he was getting ready to leave for work and I just, the kids were already gone and I felt like, What's said up? you wanted to talk, so what's up? So I thought she knew. I thought she was just waiting for me to say it because she wanted to say it, but rather I say it. And then when I said it, she was like, okay. No, no, I wasn't like, okay. When he said you it, I was shocked. like, what? I was like, oh. And he, as soon as he walked out the door, water, I, I couldn't find my phone or dial David Arnold's number fast enough. And we, so we were broken up for... 30, uh, 36 hours, 24, 26 hours, something like that. And for you crying, very rare, was it more like shock? Was it like how, like? It was shock, it was shock, it was hurt. It was like, this dude is out on this? Like, this is what the fuck he's tapping out on? Wow. It was the hurt on that because it was something that was so, to me, irrelevant. And, and, but, the, and, and, but she and keeps even, making it that incident. It was just a buildup to the lack I of respect was, for me. And I was like, okay, she has no respect for me, so. I'm a, I will say this, I'm a super alpha. I'm very tough and I, I tend to be kind of male in terms of how I deal with relationships or not even relationships, but, but just everything. I'm, I'm a super duper Gangster. mama bear. You know, and I've always had the mentality of with or without somebody, I'm gonna be fine and I'm gonna do it on my own. And I think when you, I think women who are married to somebody who's in production or, you know, in the business and find themselves home alone a lot and, and carrying that shoulder of being mom and dad when they're gone and not that they're gone partying, but just that they're holding up their end of the bargain, what this partnership is. You know, I wasn't always very inclusive in the decision, like bringing him into the decision making. It was like, well, this is what I decided. This is what's happening. This is what we're doing. So grab your shit. It's time to go. She just can't it. it was that kind of thing. And for him, I never really heard him. I was never, I was not paying attention to him saying, I'm not okay with it. I was like, he'll get over it. We're moving on. He'll get over it. We're moving on just because that's the way the house was running. Like I needed the house to run that way for things to, to move, especially at the time that I was working. And that probably didn't help either because there wasn't a whole lot of communication. We were like ships in the night. I would get in bed, either he was already there and I was crawling in bed because I was coming home late or vice versa. So a lot of our conversations took place over text or short sound bites on the phone. And when that, environment is created, the way we used to communicate and the way we used to be no longer existed. So in prepped what he considered disrespect and I can see now how he took it that way. And for me, it was like just survival. I think in that moment, I, I, I really, 
I realized that I didn't have to be so manly because I had a man in my life and I, it was okay for me to step back and really embrace him in that regard. And he wants a woman. He doesn't want to be married to a dude, you know? And, and I realized that my personality with handling certain things and handling him in particular didn't really work for him. And so I was, it allowed me to step back and realize that I didn't even want to have to be that way. I just didn't know how not to be. And so it taught me in that moment to not be that way. And then I had to listen. Like I would hear her, but I didn't hear the subtext. I didn't listen to the, I didn't understand the subtext of what she said this, it really meant this. And. No, I think what she really did best was that he stopped listening with his old ears of like, oh, she's disrespecting me or oh, it's whatever. And he really took off those ears and started listening to what I was really saying. Because I am very direct and I'm very clear on, on my thoughts, my feelings, and, and, and my wants and my desires. I like how you told him how I felt. He's, but but don't I, tell I him mean, how I felt. I'm telling him how I felt. Okay. But I'm just, okay. I'm just telling you there's that part too, but then there were certain things she would say and I'd have to read into what she was really meaning in terms of attention. Not so much when she said something that I felt disrespected, but like, when she would be like, you're playing golf again. She really wanted to go, could you spend some time with me and watch a movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? But her toughness was like, you're going again? You're gonna go do stand up tonight? You're gonna do this, this, this? And I would drive, I go, why is she always bother me? The stand jokes bought this house. But what I didn't realize is she wants to spend some time with an adult because she's at home with these two kids and the dog or whatever all day. And she would like to, and she would like to, she would like to, you know, what was this? Or three. <laughs> you said the dog. No, this is back three. then. I know, I'm just we're, teasing. We're I mean, now, but... <laughs> you see, you guys are already there. Right. <laughs> the late. Um, yeah, so I had to, I had to, I had to uh, decipher what was really being said. And, and I think that helped a lot with, you know, with her, with me understanding her and her understanding me. The, my favorite thing, I can, it's just being married to him. Like, I honestly don't think that there's anybody else I could be married to. I mean, it's that simple. I, I really, I get, everyone's like, oh, how could you be married to a comedian? Isn't it, isn't it exhausting? And I'm like, no, he's a comedian at work and at home. He's him and he just happens to be funny, but I'm just as funny. She might be funny. <laughs> and, and we keep it light. Like we do, we keep it light. I, I can only, I can count on one hand how many times things have gotten heavy and dark right. and it's ever felt like, what's happening? Whoa, whoa, step back, what's happening? For, you know, for 13 years, if you can count on one hand how many times things have gotten heavy or uncomfortable, I think that's pretty good. I think most people mistake being married and, and things being good for it being easy. I think when you think things are easy, that's when you know there's probably a lot more lying beneath the surface, because marriage is work. You know, it's a partnership and it's two people that should continue to grow and hopefully they're growing together as opposed to growing apart. And when you're growing together, somebody might be growing a little faster than the other at one point. And so you're gonna have those kind of hiccups um, or stutter steps and you're gonna need to move through them if in fact you're really committed to, to being together for the long haul. And I feel like um, 
that we're there, that that's that that we are, you know, that moment for him where he felt like I got to get out. I think he he was never really out the door because I'm a firm believer. And when somebody's out the door, they're really just out the door. They're gone. There, there's no getting them back. My thing is, um, the thing I love about her most is the thing I also dislike about her the most is she's black and white when it comes to everything. There's no gray area. So if she sees something and it doesn't suit her, there's no, it's going to be OK. It's like, I don't like him. I don't like her. She ain't it, and he ain't it. That car is whack. Them shoes is horrible. Take off that tie. And I hate it, but a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times she's right. Because I take everything for granted. I trust people. And I think there's no way this person would screw me. And she'd be like, he ain't shit. I'm like, no, no. He, he, look, he cut off my arm. But he knew I had a left arm, too. So that, and she sees things quickly. like way over there and I'd be like you know what you're talking about and then I go over there and I go oh she was right people come up to me from my post on Instagram and social media and the single ones wish they could find someone like her and the married ones wish they could find something like us like I don't know what it is it's just I mean, I think we're fortunate because we're surrounded by friends who I think have something special and, yeah. and, and are true. So I think it's always interesting when people say, oh, Hollywood, you guys have been married 10 years. Like, that's an amazing. I think the people that you that we befriended and we've made friends and have become our family, their core is the same and uh, and they want the same yeah. values for their for themselves, for their kids, for their friendships, for, you know, and so we're bonded on that. We live in um, Hollywood, know, we work that, in Hollywood, but we don't live in Hollywood. I think that Hollywood gets a bad rap because I think that you see on the cover of Star, these two got married, well, they're 12 and they got married and had a 12 year old really make a marriage, a very complex relationship work. They don't have the life experience to do so, right? To navigate these waters, so to speak. So I think, in general, Hollywood gets a bad rap on marriage, but I think we're, we're lucky that we continue to keep ourselves surrounded by positive people that allows us, as a couple, to continue to grow. Um, we're great parents, yeah, too. Yeah, I was so. just gonna say, I think it, our parents' dynamic. Yeah, our parents were married for how long? We've known each other since 49 years. Mm -hmm. And although my parents are divorced, he's been married 20 to his new wife, and they've been married 82, 33, 34 years to her new husband. So we see family, and we like that dynamic, and continue to work hard to make sure that continues to happen. At least until they go to college, and then we can figure out what we're gonna do. Hopefully, we have enough property that we can live in our own houses. You have to listen to her. Like, she's gonna come at you possibly ways that you've never heard her come at you. And you just have to realize, oh, that means something. Like I told you, I had to decipher, look at her face. I had to decipher what she was really saying. And, and sometimes she's gonna, you know, we, we don't know what that's like to be, to gain weight and to feel a certain way. and to be tired now and grouchy this, and, and she's gonna take some of that out on you, and you have to realize that it's it's 
not who she is right now. There's a monster growing inside of her, <laughs> a beautiful baby. And there are things happening to her hormonally that you, she has no control of. And luckily I didn't really have, she never really, she was always tough and mean, so the baby didn't do that. I knew who she was anyway, so you just have to just say, okay. I thought that was your thing, that I was totally different before the baby and then after the baby came, I became No, I'm, talking, I'm just talking about during the pregnancy. Oh, during the during pregnancy. pregnancy. Um, I was sweet and lovely during the pregnancy, I will yeah. say. So just be patient, you know what I mean? And just don't go play golf every day, two weeks after the baby, a week after the baby came out. I didn't do that. And if you, yeah. Be friends. Yeah, just remember. You know, um, after the baby, like whatever y'all did to have that baby, don't stop doing that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. be his girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like, we are, we love the wife and the mommy, but we the girlfriend was fantastic, and that's how she became a wife and a mommy. I think vice versa. The same goes true for... For him, you know, don't forget to be her boyfriend, especially in those moments after the baby comes where she's no longer a single person. I think for me, after the baby came and the first time you're alone, the first time you're alone with the baby, it is going to be such a surreal moment. It is in that moment where you realize you are never a single person ever again. Because if the wheels fall off the bus with him, your family, like you are all this child has to survive. And it is such an overwhelmingly beautiful moment that you have brought this life into this world, but you are also the only life that for however long will sustain it. And, and that's really the most incredible feeling. But I think what we don't think of is they don't necessarily understand that connection because while they are one half of that baby, they haven't gone through the physical motion of bringing him in here. But help her get out, and within the first two weeks, help her get out, help mm -hmm. her get, sorry, help her get back into a routine, you know, and, and just always let each other know that you're partners in this from minute one, and all the joys and all the things that make you scared, you live together because that's what'll keep it the fire going and that's what'll keep the friendship exactly. building. Yeah, it'll keep the friendship building and honest and, and change the diapers. You know? Do a wash every once in a while. Cook a meal. You know. All the, oh, see? You know, all those things go a long way. I think I wouldn't do it any other way. For all of our, from the very beginning, I think our journey has been what it was meant to be. We're so close now too. And and yeah, I think that there's such a different level of communication that that we have now that we had in the beginning and then lost for a minute when kids and life and two careers come into play. At some point, life is passing you by and you're just, you're in go mode. You're like on this hamster wheel and you almost don't know how to get off. And uh, I'm grateful for that sliver of time that made us both stop and kind of really brought us both to our knees to realize like, yeah, we gotta keep it moving. And I'll say this, I know there'll be people who are watching that are like, God, 
nobody ever mentioned God in this whole scenario. We, we're not church people, but we're spiritual people, and our kids know that this world is something bigger than them in this universe. There are many gods that help this thing go round. Gods with an S? Gods with an S, whatever god you pray to. Um, yeah. Or one god. There is a god, right? But I think there are others that, that help. Um, you know, <laughs> listen, I think that if it, there Hercules are, did this and <laughs> Zeus did that. And don't forget about Monomorpho. Well, listen, there's, I think there are many gods that people pray to. So whatever God it is that you pray gotcha, to. Nice. Okay. Keep your faith, keep your spirit present. And, you know, I, I, for us, it's not praying in a particular house of worship. It's, it's just being aware of that. There's something so much bigger than